0: Hello and welcome to the Art of Ministry podcast. You know, quite recently, one of our awesome listeners suggested to us, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your artistic journey? And this seemed like an excellent idea to us, so Lockie and I, we set out to do just that. And we're going to do that over the next two episodes. So we welcome you to a series of episodes where we hope to present to you the stories behind our own artistic journeys, and how we have prayed about and put into practice the use of the arts in Christian ministry. So today I'd like to tell you a little bit about my journey. Now, one of the first pieces of art that I remember seeing at a young age was my sister's painting. She created these amazing, realistic biblical figures painted with incredible care. The painting I remember the most was a nativity scene. I had no idea how she managed to get the brush strokes so precise. I tried painting, I just, you know, I just couldn't get it. I, I, what was I missing? But then I thought, well, maybe I can do art in a different way. And this was before the internet, when personal computers were really only just coming into homes. The only screens around usually were televisions or <laughs> a Casio calculator. But aside from the home environment, I went every Sunday to a uniting church, where I encountered the Good News Bibles, and interestingly, the drawings within them. As soon as I arrived at church, I leapt at the chance of grabbing one of those old Bibles from the pew, and then reading from the Old Testament to the New Testament, noting the very simple and yet profound illustrations. As Lockie and I discussed with guests previously, it's fascinating how expressive those illustrations in there were almost no facial feature, you know features on the characters a lot of the time and yet they illustrate what is happening in the Bible passages so well. And I can still see a lot of those drawings in my mind. Now my parents could see I was interested in art and drawing. so I was taken to an official art class. you know there was a teacher there you know they told you what to paint you know they, they set things up and said we're going to do this. And I didn't really enjoy it. Um, Being told to do something artistically with not much scope for really any creativity kind of grated with me, even as a kid. And it still does now. What's the point of being creative artistically unless you enjoy the process and you can be creative? I mean, copying others' art definitely has a purpose, you know, for learning, for understanding, for creating something from a different, you know, era or technique. But I really believe we've got something unique to bring to the table each time. We can, we can really, you know, imbue, whether it's the art we copy or our own original art, with something that's totally our own. And I think creativity is a lot about that. So I felt a little constrained by that art class process. I, I got where it was beneficial. And I did appreciate where people said this is a way of doing things. But I wanted to really strike out on my own. So we had a few books at home. I looked around, but there was not really anything about art. Uh, But when we went to the library, that's when I noticed something very different. Wait a minute. There were books with funny little drawings on them. I was immediately attentive. There were big eyes, exaggerated expressions, silly things happening to people and to characters and to animals. I discovered comics and cartooning. And within a few moments of reading Garfield and Snoopy, I was really hooked. From that point on, it was all about what else I could find at the library. And soon it was books like Tintin, you know, long adventures that went over huge numbers of pages. You know, they read a bit like a detective story or a quest. There were funny Australian-themed comic strips like Swamp, you know, about crocodiles, nitty-eating birds, frogs and ducks and then these superhero comics with Spider-Man, Batman and other heroes. And to be honest, that final category of comics didn't really hold a lot of interest to me. I could kind of see the appeal, but I really liked the the really funny stuff. So after discovering people actually did cartooning as a thing, I started drawing cartoons at a very young age. I started creating comics like Snoop, who is a motorcycle rider, but that story really didn't go anywhere and then one day our family watched the film robin hood prince of thieves at the theater and all of a sudden i noticed the knights and the armor and the swords and the castles it was just completely mind-blowing you know what, what was life like back then you know what are these castles what are these forts why was there a moat what was that about so immediately i started you know back to the library Borrow books on the Middle Ages from the library, practicing drawing and, you know, of knights and castles and soldiers. I had an idea that this would form a comic in some way, but I hadn't yet figured out how. And it's quite funny that a a book that I borrowed so often as a kid, about two years ago, I went back to that library, and uh, there was a particular book that I used to borrow, all about knights, and I went to the two dollar bargain table. And there it was, sitting there. I had to buy it for two dollars. Not only for the memories, but the fact that I just enjoyed that book so much. It had so much in there about, you know, knights and armor and and you know, ways that they were drawn back in the Middle Ages. So it was very exciting for me to actually get a copy of that book that I'd read for about twenty years. Anyway, I thought about this idea of knights. And Middle Ages, and I thought, wouldn't wouldn't it be fun to make a comic about that? And I came to the idea of why don't I make that about my brother and myself as two knights, and we go on adventures. Maybe maybe it wouldn't be a three or four panelled cartoon like Garfield or Snoopy. Maybe it'll be a Tintin graphic novel adventure style book. So I began the John and Tom series about myself and my brother as knights in around nineteen ninety one. And I wrote a huge number of pages and stories. I used to go and buy massive sketchbooks, you know, bigger than A3. Uh, You know, I'd get the enormous ones. Must have been A2, I think, or A1, I'm not really sure. Enormous, almost newspaper-style books. And just fill them with comics. Uh, One day, I'd, I'd really like to scan them, actually, and put them online and just sort of, you know, for a bit of fun and maybe redo some of the text and put them out as actual books from when I was a kid. Uh, One day. I'll have time one day, I guess. It'll take a while to scan them, though. So as I continued writing this John and Tom comic all the way from primary school and then into high school, I suddenly encountered that thing we all do in high school, you know, the workload increase. So I kind of had to stop. I I really, you know, I had to do maths and science and English and chemistry, and oh, it was hard. I, I just couldn't fit art in very much. But there was an interesting opportunity that came up, and that was to create a comic for the school newsletter and newspaper, and so that's what I did. I created it for the school newsletter and uh, managed to put it out, and there it was. It was there for everyone to see a funny comic strip about student life, school life, and the funny things that happened. And the funny thing, actually, was uh, the school comic that I made had some really interesting reactions because my humour was very surreal. Um, You know, people would sort of go, what is that, John? You know, is that an alien? Like, looking at the students, you know, why is there a mutant in the science lab? Um, So I had a lot of funny people, you know people that made me laugh but also people sort of talked to me about what I'd drawn and said, you know, what, what is that? You know, where's that humour coming from? Um, and uh, it was kind of fun. I think, you know, uh, you sort of saw what people reacted to and what they didn't and it was, it was always interesting. There was one in particular uh, I remember actually. There was a girl at school who was describing how her boyfriend got really angry because... Um, I did a comic about a girl that suspected her boyfriend was spying on everything she said. And it ended with the girl saying to her friend, I think my boyfriend's spying on me all the time. And the boyfriend's head kind of pops out of the tree above her saying, no, no, that's not true at all. And um, <laughs> obviously she was she thought it was funny. He didn't. Um, but I realised then that comics had the potential not just to make people laugh, but also create... A different kind of reaction, and I kept that at the back of my mind because my natural inclination always is always to bring humor out, make things funny, you know, or make people think, think about Jesus and think about, um, you know, the Father and the Holy Spirit and, and think about, uh, you know, uh, living a godly life um, through the grace of God, and uh, but interestingly, you know, it's that that whole idea that oh, people are. Um, you know, reading this, some are laughing, some are going, oh, um, I mean, look, I never set out to offend. I was just trying to make people laugh. But at this school, I could actually have a, an audience here, um, in this case, contextual, but maybe there was a potential for a wider audience later. Ultimately, though, um, through my own You know, church attendance and my own beliefs. I really wanted to make something that had biblical concepts in it and would teach people about Jesus. But that time was coming very soon. Now, in high school, you could actually do art as a subject. And, uh, you know, if you're high school aged or if you've got kids in high school or if you remember those days, yeah, you could do art as a subject. So, That was pretty exciting for someone interested in in art in general. Um, So, you know, there was pottery, there was clay, chicken wire sculptures even. Now, that was interesting. My fingers were like in tatters. Uh, There was art history, Uh, even art reviewing and criticism, which was a really interesting world of going to the art gallery and critiquing a painting. Fascinating. But that was all there all the way up until year 12 when you know you could decide would you want to do art in year 12. Now for me that was an obvious thing I was definitely going to do art and design in year 12. But there was an opportunity and this was the final year to do double art. <laughs> and they advised against it don't do it. Don't do double art. It's too much work. It's a lot. You know, you've already got study, you've got maths, you've got science, you've got English, you've got all politics and all that or whatever. You can't do double art. It's too much. But I personally thought, you know what? I reckon I can do it. Not because I'm, you know, uh, you know, unique or special in, in some way than others, but more because I enjoyed art so much, it did not feel like work to me. It just felt fun. And when I was coming home from school, my relaxation was doing art anyway. So, you know, we we had like a really basic computer with Dr. Halo on it, which was like a a really early graphics and animation program. Um, And I had my sketchbooks. So, you know, at this stage when PCs were just starting to, you know, come in and, uh, you know, people were starting to use them for art programs and stuff, you know, in those schooling days, uh, there was opportunity for that. Uh, But I was always doing art, so I thought, well, I'll just make that my art time. School will be my art time. So I signed up for double art, and immediately they said to me, well, you've got to create not just two major projects, you've got to create four now. You're doing double art, you've got to do four. And I thought, well, what can I do that's going to be, because because I've got double the workload that other art students have, what can I do? that's going to make, say, at least half of these projects simpler than the others. And I realised, what if I did my original John and Tom comic as a full graphic novel, just a different story, and uh, create an artistic box to hold them in as my second project? That just leaves my two other projects to do something else. And that's what I did. In fact, you know most of the work that I did in my major projects was all about cartooning. And I even did a history of cartooning as my major written piece. So there I was, I started doing a 64-page graphic novel, and I just loved every minute of it. Even better, the school actually gave you special artistic textures to use that actually shaded into each other. That was incredible to me because... um normally with colored pencils, you know, you use colored pencils and you can shade them like, you know, those Derwents and stuff. You can shade those colors together. You use your lights and your darks and you can create that kind of gradient. But these textures shaded. I'd never seen anything like that before. They were extremely expensive, but they let me even take them home and use them. It was amazing. I had a a teacher that was quite open to that. So, yeah, I, I just worked hard on that comic and all my other projects and uh because i worked so hard on them i um actually received and i don't want to brag this is not a brag or a boast but just to sort of show that you know if you're really passionate about something and you work on it um it can you know it can it can really do some amazing things you know i received a bit of an award for that um and so i was so thankful and happy uh for the opportunity that i had um to, you know, do these things and to use this uh, this gift that God had given me. And uh, the award was really fun because it kind of just made me thankful that, that you know, God had given me this encouragement, you know, in my artistic journey. It was quite exciting. But when I got to uni, it was studying in a lot of different fields and uh, art was still there, but it was kind of to the side. I actually uh, developed an interest in music at that time and uh, I started listening to electronic music and going, oh, that doesn't sound too difficult. I reckon I could do that. So I went out and bought a Technics keyboard and a 16-track sequencer, which used almost all of my savings, and uh, it was incredibly you know, enjoyable. I was creating sequenced songs, throwing in old record samples, experimenting with vocals, uh, and music to me felt like a kind of drawing, you know, you're still making patterns, you're making a picture in sound. Uh, It's still very much a compositional uh, act. And that was fascinating to me. You know, you're not not drawing anything, but in, in a sense, you're sort of drawing into the air. You're creating a canvas with sound. So it made a lot of sense to me why quite a few musicians started off in art school. I used to wonder that... You know, that was a seemed an odd transition to me. Um, but then you actually realise how alike those things are. It's very interesting how art is really interconnected in some ways. You know, I used to also wonder why a lot of these singers ended up in, you know, movies and dramas, uh in the cinema. And then you realise, well, is it that different? It's an expression. It's an artistic expression, it's quite similar. Um, And to a certain extent, there's a a certain amount of acting in music performance, you know, not to be fake or unreal, but more, you know, you're you're certainly putting yourself out there, sometimes in quite an extroverted way, and you may not be very extroverted in your own self. So that requires a certain amount of, of, you know, boldness, really. It's very interesting, you know, how the arts have some of these interconnections, you know, around the place. But around that time, when I was studying and doing university and a few other things, uh, I actually got asked to do some Christmas plays in schools with the combined churches and presenting Jesus to the kids through dramatic arts and musical art. So I didn't have to act much, but a lot of this involved me playing the keyboard while a friend of mine did some rapping. So I learned how to play music on stage and you know play recorded music. I saw how the crowd reacted to it, it was really exciting. And a terrific guy who actually helped me into doing all this, named James, he actually asked me to do some comics as well for Scripture Union. So for the first couple of years after that, and even up till now, last few years, I was voluntarily offering my services in drawing comics to Scripture Union, to churches and other Christian agencies around Adelaide, and occasionally interstate, there'd be some interest there as well. But even you know, even in Bible college where I met my wife and got married, uh, I continued doing you know cartooning work for different places. Uh, one or two secular agencies involved there as well, doing school textbooks you know around environment and phys ed. But most of the time, it was doing the artwork for Christian organisations, and uh, I've listed a lot of those on my website. But by and large, you know, it was a wonderful thing to still be doing all that artistic work. But most importantly, I really felt like how exciting it was talking about Jesus through doing art and music. It was a very exciting thing. Anyway, many years passed, and alongside employed work after university, I just sort of desired to keep working on the John and Tom comic book as well. I wanted to go back to that. So as well as doing the music stuff... Technology was really starting to change at this point. Getting stuff published through a you know particular publishing arm or getting signed to a record label, that was starting to fade away a bit. You know we had the days of Napster, uh, Create Space, Amazon self publishing, uh, now moving into Spotify. Anyone who has particular knowledge can set up their own. Studio can set up their own interfaces and start publishing themselves, which is an incredible thing. It, the, it, it's moved away from that small section of people in particular media who can put you out there to now you can do that yourself. Uh, it's an incredible thing. So, you know, with the income from working... You know it didn't cost a lot of money to set up a computer with some sound gear and some studio art gear get some materials i needed and really start putting things out globally and so that's what i've really been doing ever since now i thought it might be you know interesting to share one challenge that i've had along the way and maybe this is going to be helpful to some people uh, but it might give a bit of insight why i've diversified in my art journey a little bit And that is, um, I've had some challenges with vision. I've suffered a bit of vision loss. When I was about 27 or so, I was at work and I noticed there was a black spot in my vision. So I couldn't see properly out of one of my eyes or both. It was a little hard to say. I kept seeing this black spot and no matter where I turned my head, I kept seeing it. It was very odd. I tried washing my eyes out. I was like, what's going on? I was telling my colleagues, I said, I'm going to have to go. I've got to leave work and work out what's going on here. Um, So I got up and I went straight to an optometrist. And he said, John, I've never seen anything like it. Um, You've either got a brain tumour or you've got something really rare. So I was very much praying in that circumstance because I didn't know what was going on. And I was referred straight to an ophthalmologist and he looked at me and he said, you know, um, this is a particular condition and, you know, it sounds like from the stuff that I had told him, it sounds like it might be the same disorder my dad had, uh, which is a genetic eye disease, which one in 40,000 people get, which it sort of means my eyesight is slowly deteriorating. Although it's a little hard to say, it might stabilize. It might really deteriorate, or it might be sort of in between. Like it's it's quite, it, it's it's not something you can really tell. It it might change over time. It might not. It might change significantly. Uh, so my dad's legally blind. So it's possible that I may go that way. Possible I may not. But in any event, um, the scarring on the retina is the sort of the causal it's the causation is really around that uh it's essentially incurable in terms of medically incurable uh but anyway i went home and i thought you know (laughs) what am i going to do about this um and so i actually quit my job because i couldn't read the text anymore properly it was just too difficult uh the the job i was in the text couldn't you couldn't modify it too much it was still didn't make a lot of difference it was just it was no matter how big the screen they gave me I couldn't do it so um, I moved on into retraining myself and working much more around teaching and lecturing and that's another story in itself which I won't get into now but that was the grace of God that I could get into something where I could control the font size, which was, believe it or not, one of the main reasons I went into it, somewhere I could control the size of what I was doing. So in this struggling with vision, my parents told me about a guy that prayed for my dad for like 40 years earlier, and he had the same vision issues back then, and and this guy prayed for him, and it actually helped. So I went to see him, and he prayed for me and uh i believed in faith that you know god would do something amazing in this and that he would provide healing and uh yeah it was a, it was a very special time you know he he put some oil on me he prayed for me very encouraging and uh he um basically i went to the optometrist uh it was must have been a few days later And the guy said, your eyesight's twice as good as it was. Uh, Which, it kind of blows you away um, when that happens. Um, So I told him I'd been prayed for, you know, and whatever. And the guy said, well, it worked. (laughs) So, you know, miracles can happen. And, um, you know, yes, I can still see things. I can still drive. Um, I don't know how long my vision will be as it is. But thankfully, I can still do the things uh, that I've always done. And uh, I can make things bigger if I need to, which is great. I can adjust some colours. The technology is, you know, getting better and better about this sort of stuff. And uh, that means also, you know, you can think about what are some future and now options for your art. For me, it was the iPad, an Apple Pencil. By the way, as mentioned earlier, no sponsorship or no um, <laughs> sponsoring from Apple or any other company. I'm just telling you what I use. Uh, but I use a lot of Apple stuff, you know, Mac, iPad, Apple Pencil. I can make things as big as I need to. I can colour fields with a touch of a finger on the screen. I've got the potential to get more visual aids from groups like See Differently. You know, that's former Royal Society of the Blind, you know, and other vision related agencies. You know, there's people out there that can help. So although I face some issues that others don't have, there are still things that can help me. And because visual art's a bit, little bit, little bit more of a challenge nowadays, uh, I can translate my creativity straight into musical art, which to me is almost like the same thing. I'm still painting a picture of something. It's just as enjoyable. I don't even know which one I prefer, to be honest. But I can still do those things. And so I'm really thankful to God for that. So overall, I suppose if I I really put it all together, it's been a pretty incredible journey that I felt very thankful for. You know, from a very early age as a kid, being able to do art and uh, understanding that it can be used as a tool to glorify God is an incredible gift and a wonderful gift of grace and to be able to use that for an evangelistic purpose is, is so exciting. So, from a now perspective, I'm still creating visual art, still doing Bible puzzles, still doing uh, Jed and Mace. So, John and Tom is now Jed and Mace. I just, it sounds a little flashier, so I'm still doing that comic. Uh, I still do comics and drawings for any Christian agency or church that asks. You know, do that voluntarily. Um... And also in the music side, I've put out several music albums and singles and EPs and uh, this year collaborated with a really awesome musician and uh, I always explore how can I put the gospel of Jesus into electronic music and music in general and also video production, which is part of it. So I'm always trying to learn. I believe we're very teachable, you know, humans are very teachable and you can save so much money. And so much time by doing things yourself, just by learning, you know we've got YouTube, we've got you know the Internet, we can teach ourselves so many things artistically, and then use that for the glory of God. So uh, I've spent very little money on getting people to do stuff for me. It's been mostly stuff I've done myself because I've just sat down and, as arduous as it can be, <laughs> said, "Right." I don't know something. I know I don't know something. But if I learn this, I can save thousands of dollars. And so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that and to understand. And that sort of things usually happened after work or on the weekend, you know, snatch a half an hour here or an hour there. And it's amazing what you can learn. So whether it's in drawing or music, I always pray about the process. I ask for God's guidance in what I'm doing, and uh, I try and think about, you know, what what's a way, what's a message or a passage of the Bible I can put across here, and that's a very exciting process. And uh, you know, I'm very grateful to friends and learned people um, who will sometimes look at my lyrics or look at something and say, "Yeah, that's good. That that shows this biblical concept," you know. Uh, they'll sharpen my understanding as as iron sharpens iron and uh, that's been excellent and I think we really help each other when we involve one or more people in in an art project that's when some really exciting stuff starts to happen Um, probably one of the most exciting cartooning projects I actually did was with a group the Bible to Youth Forum where I got to do animation and create a DVD and uh, it was a collaboration with a with a photographer and videographer who made my drawings move around. You know, I would just draw lots and lots of frames, and you'd do onion skinning, as they call it, where they, you know, because you draw so many different pictures, it looks like the character is moving, just like they used to do in the old animation series. It's an easy way of doing it without actually having to get the uh, artistic software, which was not really hugely available at that time at an affordable price so we did it on the on the cheap but it looked looked really fun (laughs) it looked great Um, so it's amazing what you can do you don't really need to have the best of everything in any event um, you know because everyone's artistic expression is so unique and special to them it's amazing what i've seen from um people in visual arts and musical arts who have a unique way of doing things to to put the message of christ forward uh i'm always blown away by that and i suppose if i could encourage you or anyone else it would be um you know you've been gifted uniquely by god uh, to create whatever artistic creations you can for his glory and uh you know, don't don't worry about what other people are doing at the side. You know, don't keep looking at them and oh, you know they've got that success there or that or this or that or they. It seems like they draw better than you or, or their music sounds better. Don't worry about it. Just focus on what you're doing. Pray to the Lord that you you can use it for His glory. And um, certainly, I found you know people who have very uniquely different giftings to mine. Um, they're serving in. In amazing ways. That's interesting. (laughs) Siri just said, I didn't get that. Can you please try it again? But she's gone now. (laughs) It's strange having Siri listening the whole time. But actually, that does illustrate the technological stuff. There's there's big changes, obviously, in... um, you know, technology and AI and all that. So it's good for us, you know, to, to keep ahead of all that and understand what the changes are, what's going on, you know, uh, because, you know, it, it's it's not just interesting, but um, there's always opportunities out there to consider how can we use something, you know, for the glory of God and how can we, you know, whatever the new technology is, whether it's, you know, virtual reality or whether it's uh you know, pixel art or whether it's um, using music that's that sounds very, very different, very unique, new style of music, maybe that can be used in a particular way. So there's always opportunities out there to, to explore, and that's exciting. Well, one last little sort of addendum, and that is, um, might as well share this podcast. What was it that actually made us do this and um i think that's the that would be a good way to finish actually is to to really talk about that um so i had to i guess at one point consider to myself you know am i one of the few out there that's interested in arts and christianity you know uh how common is this and what about people who are like me who you know may feel as if, oh, I'm interested in this, but how, how do I know anyone else who is, you know? Um, maybe there's something collaborative we can create. And, I, and I'd and i been to one or two events where a few arty people got together and there was just so much gratefulness. You're like, oh, wow, there's someone that's like me. <laughs> um, So making this podcast was really, you know, I couldn't see a lot out there that dealt with this. There was a few things about creativity and, and a few podcasts about selling art, but there was nothing really about, you know, what are the different mediums and how are people doing it? You know, there weren't a lot of things out there about that. So for me, it was, I wanted to make this podcast, but I also wanted to meet someone who had the same interests and who had the same passions in the arts as I did and who wanted to share about, about you know, about Jesus through the arts. But they had to come from somewhere where I wasn't coming from. So for me, I came from the visual arts, you know, a little bit of the music performing arts and also the electronic and composition and aspects of production, DJing, you know, different hip hop genres and all that sort of stuff. I'd come from that angle of the visual and the music. So I really needed someone from professional writing and the drama and the arts and uh, Lockie immediately came to mind. Uh, I'd admired his work for years, and we were good friends. And um, I thought, well, you know, if this works out, wouldn't that be amazing? He could he could tackle the dramatic stuff and the professional writing and and uh, drama, theatre, performance, art, vocal expression. He could cover all that, and I'll and I'll cover the other areas of uh, music and and drawing, cartooning, visuals, etc. Uh, and we'd both tap into other varied areas as well. So that's what we did. Um, and that's what we've done ever since. We both, both sort of kind of specialise in, in particular areas, but we're, we're kind of curious about everything in the arts worlds. Um, and, you know, he's going to have a lot to share in the future about some of the stuff um, he's done and I, and I will as well. Uh, But, um, you know, it's funny, we we cross paths so many times in different ministry ventures or in different social circles, so it just made a lot of sense. Um, And it's great that, you know, the Lord has put this together. So, I guess, um, really, time for me to finish off. So, I guess in everything that I've shared today, I'm 100% thankful to God. You know, I thought it'd be good to finish with a Bible verse... All about thankfulness to God for what he's doing in this world. Really, he helps you and I to share about him in speech, in writing, in arts, in preaching, and across so many different pathways. And we've got so much to be thankful for and and much to pray for to further the mission of God and, and share about Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And we've got this, you know, this vital mission and so many unique ways to share. So, this is, you know, one of those times where we've got a lot of ways to communicate jesus and a lot of new pathways to do that in, a, in an artistic sense it's a it's a very special time a very special era to be in and you know we've really got the opportunity to to have a a local impact uh, but also a global impact so whatever you're doing whether you're interested in the arts promoting the arts or creativity, in whatever sense that is, uh, in the in visuals or music or computer art, whatever it might be. Uh, I just encourage you that uh, you know there's always going to be opportunities to share about Jesus in those realms, in those in those places, and uh, just to pray, pr- pray and pray with others, pray together that those opportunities come up and that the Lord will give you those options and and to to really use your unique gifts. So here's a verse for today to finish off. Psalm 107, 1-3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Amen. Thanks once again for listening and for your support. We really appreciate uh, your listenership and, and your comments and your encouragement. God bless. Thanks so much and see you next time.